Welcome to Little Detours with Regina Brett, where in 10 minutes or less, you get tips, tools, and takeaways to help you love yourself, your life, and everyone in it. Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Regina Brett. The best writing mentor I ever had once studied to be a monk. Bill didn't last long in the monastery, but he carried the experience with him into life. We worked together as reporters at the Beacon Journal in Akron, Ohio. Whenever I got upset over small things or matters of great consequence that were actually of little consequence, he'd softly say, just be a good monk. What did that mean? Did being a good monk mean vowing a life of poverty, chastity, and celibacy? Not to Bill. When I was scared about an upcoming deadline or dreaded some future event, Bill urged me to stay put in the present. When I was looking forward to an upcoming event or distracted by the future, Bill encouraged me to stay put in the present. Don't miss out on all the days between now and that hoped for or dreaded event, he told me. Be present in the here and now. Happiness isn't found seeking geographical cures for whatever ails you. The monks honored a vow of stability. They stayed in the monastery even when they felt restless and irritable. The monks had a holy routine, a skeleton on which to wrap each day. They filled the sacred spaces with prayer, whether they were washing dishes, baking bread, or chanting psalms. St. Benedict introduced the idea of making a commitment to remain in one community, to keep the monks from wandering off in search of the perfect place to serve God, as if such place existed. Outside the Abbey of Gethsemane in Kentucky, where Trappist monk Thomas Merton lived, two simple words engraved in stone over the metal gates both greet you and haunt you when you pass by. God alone. That's the solution to every problem. More God. So many of us, including myself, try to fill the God-sized hole with everything else. Booze, drugs, chocolate, donuts, dating, gambling, sex, shopping, winning, and the endless affirmation of others. But no matter what we put in that place, we still feel empty because nothing fits in that hole but God. Thomas Merton ended up spending his life in that Kentucky monastery, writing volumes on the holiness in the ordinary life around him. You don't have to be a monk to realize that the search for happiness takes place on the inner landscape, not by changing homes or careers or marriages. In my quest for more God, I visited the Abbey of Gethsemane a few times. If you want to pray nonstop, you're welcome to participate in the list of weekly worship from vigils at 3.15 a.m. to Compline at 7.30 p.m. In between, the monks pray the psalms and work. I woke for all of those, even though my head nodded off during the chanting. I met the late brother, Matthew Kelty, who used to give sermons right after dinner. He told us he's a whimsical god. This from a monk who'd been known to wear cowboy boots under his robe. Up on the hill, I sat in an Adirondack chair next to a giant statue and recalled the voice of an old Amish man who used to tell everyone he'd meet, pray for a grateful, humble heart. In the cemetery, every monk at Gethsemane has the same humble cross, a short white one with a clover leaf rounded side and a tiny plaque with a name engraved and the date of their death. They look like strange white lilies planted on the green slope. Four days at Gethsemane taught me that I can live without newspapers and telephones and TVs. I can live in silence. But I did end up talking to myself a bit, 
I can live without ice cream and chocolate, but the craving for them remains. The monks can point the way to God, but it's in the arms of my husband, children, grandchildren, that God lives and breathes and dwells in me. I came seeking and realized I'd already found. Click your red ruby slippers. There's no place like the home God has already created in your heart. I possess the power all along. The presence of God is already in me and in you. My friend, Father Jim Lewis, was fond of offering this advice to everyone that he counseled. God is the answer. Now, what was your question? I've never forgotten a simple story a man shared with me about Catholic school. Their friend Michael was having a bad day and spit on a nun. A nun! That's like a felony in Catholic school. So the nun hauled him off to the principal's office, and he sat outside the principal's door for what seemed like an eternity. He wondered what hell would be his punishment. Then the nun came by and sat down next to him. He expected her to be harsh. Instead, she said ever so gently, Michael, make your life a prayer. He never forgot it. Make your life a prayer. Not a quest for more achievements, awards, popularity, power, praise, money, fame, Facebook, likes, shares, followers, all that. For many, prayer is something you say in a crisis. We all have our favorite 911 call to God. You can pray in a pinch or you can make your whole life a prayer. For me, cancer came along and did both. It made me say crisis prayers to survive, and it led me to see my whole life as a prayer, as a gift for others. Every day I plug into God, into my power source, so I stay higher powered all day. How do you make your life a prayer? Practice. Every day I bless my life with words by St. Augustine, who called upon the help of the Holy Spirit to transform him. Others might refer to that same aspect of God as spirit, divine love, eternal presence, universal love, whatever works for you. Augustine's words work for me. And these are those words. Breathe into me, Holy Spirit, that all my thoughts may be holy. Move into me, Holy Spirit, that my work too may be holy. Attract my heart, Holy Spirit, that I may love only what is holy. Strengthen me, Holy Spirit, that I may defend what is holy. And protect me, Holy Spirit, that I may always be holy. Then I breathe. All day long, when my mind starts to whirl, I pause. Just breathe, I remind myself. Sometimes I stop and bless myself. I place my hands on my head and ask God to bless what I think. Then I place my hands on my ears and ask God to bless what I hear. And then I touch my eyes and ask God to bless what I see. Then I put my hands in my mouth and ask God to bless what I say. And then I rest my hand on my heart and ask God to bless what I feel. And finally, I open both hands and ask God to bless what I do. And then I move into the day knowing I'm covered and so are all the people I meet. Thanks for listening to Little Detours with Regina Brett. I'm grateful you joined me and hope you keep coming back. You can subscribe to Little Detours with Regina Brett at Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. While you're there, please give me a rating and review so I can reach even more people. If you want more inspiration, head to my website, reginabrett.com. While you're there, sign up to receive weekly inspiration for all of life's little detours. Thanks again for listening. Now go make something possible.